0: That is right. And this is the Quack 12 podcast, uh, what, what? the uh, most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web And Let me tell you, I watch way too much Oregon Ducks sports. And I watched just enough to get angry at civilization. Adam. That is right. Society I guess- <laughs> failed again. <laughs> I was—I almost called it the Civil War, but it's no longer called the Civil War. That game. Uh, no, it's call more it- like the dumb Un- fucker. Oh. <laughs>
1: starting off strong. Look, any person that was mm-hmm. on that field at the <laughs> yeah. end of the game—you mean the f- and brawl. was. Feeling proud for the way they were acting yeah, or telling someone good job for the way they were acting. Yeah, not
0: good. Going straight to hell. (laughs) Go straight to hell. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, there you have it. At least, you know, it's a rivalry game when we're telling people you're going to go straight to hell. And it was heated. It was ugly. It was was not a good watch. No. the Ducks won.
1: This is the problem.
0: Let's hear it. It
1: was a great watch. Anyway. Until they got too insane. Mm. There was a, like the point where it ended with the dude doing the cold cock shot to the back of the helmet. That
0: Yeah. That At was that bad. point,
1: if I was a ref on the field, I would have disqualified both teams and ended the game right there. <laughs>
0: Even though Ducks are up like two scores.
1: But it doesn't matter. Somebody gets hit in the back washed. of the head. Well, neither would you get a point towards your score, to your year your or whatever. Well, well guess what? Packed it really soured doesn't... the mood. And Packed then, the... <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then this, so they're getting all high-headed. Mm-hmm. And then we just start blowing everything, and it's like... Wow, we just wasted a 30 point lead. Like we could have do you think we could have raised back up into the top four if we had just blown them out of oh, the water? No, way. no, no fisticuffs.
0: No way, Aaron. You don't um, think so? No, absolutely not. Oregon okay. State I was is, Oregon State is an unranked team. We've got two losses. There's there's no way. Uh, okay. we're, say goodbye to the playoffs. It'll just do your heart better. Like, well, for that's example, I
1: assumed. Mm-hmm. I assumed, but I was curious because I was like, I wonder if we would have just like decimated them. Cause it is it's their style points. Aaron, involved.
0: What what team have you been watching this season, man? I'm I'm telling you, this team is just like even the teams that's like, oh, they got a clear talent. Advantage. Oh, they're pulling away. They're not going to pull away. They're going to do some stupid shit that dra- like drags them back to looking yep. very mortal against yep. any team. Um, I think really these two stats kind of uh showed the good. Oh, tell and me, the I'm bad ready. of ducks yes. here. So ducks went ten of thirteen on third down that is just i mean that is just methodically easily going down the field setting up third downs uh manageable third downs which is what the ducks do the best you know uh one of the best of the country at that. That is the whole offense. If it's going to work out, it's going to be because of that. Um, So that was why we won, you know, uh, that's why we scored 38 points. Um, The reason why it was closer than it needed to be, I would say mainly is the ducks had 10 penalties for 52 yards, certain times uh, really costly uh, compared to the beavers who only got three penalties for 30 yards. If we're a cheaters, why are the refs calling it against us? Why are we paying these refs? Come on. Let's I got a it. question. Wait. Let's hear it. Statistically speaking,
1: mm-hmm. even though we got more penalties for fewer yards than
0: they did. Um, I guess they suppose. got three penalties at no, ten no, yards well.
1: each. Yeah, sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. Different. Where, I mean, different penalties were called. Yeah.
1: Wait, we got five penalties. We got 10 penalties. That's right. So five yards each for 50 yards. I mean, yeah. I feel like we've seen games where they've gotten 10 penalties for like 150 yards.
0: Well, there's it's not quite, but there's. Yeah. Serious, I mean, there was one uh, there was
1: one game where it was like 100 yards and penalties.
0: This offensive line is definitely screwing up in some crucial moments. Um, and then obviously, like you said, there's some unforced errors where we just kind of lose our cool. Yeah, and obviously we're that's bad guys do. We are the bad guys. But, hey, Oregon State didn't look all that good in this one either. I mean, at least we didn't have the highlight where a player is literally running into the fight, hitting someone in the back of the head. like, an And then record. getting high fives on yeah. the sidelines for doing so. Like, and just looking so cocky and getting Ooh. so much screen time. Wow. Like, Thibodeau's, okay, Thibodeau's, when he threw that dude out, you know, yeah, that was bad, but at least that was, like, he was in the play. He had the guy. Like, you know, I definitely think he did get a little too heated there. But if Thibodeau like didn't hear a whistle, then that would have been not a legal play. Like and he would have been like, get this dude out of here. Like that's I don't know. Also, And it was awesome. You know, that's Can I tell you this of- too, really quickly though, also no, Thibodeau, please. that penalty that he got called on him, Yeah. Uh, when Sports Center came on later that night, that was like one of the first images they showed in the intro is the thing that got him the penalty on there you know so like it was a badass thing it's only helping is him as a brand exactly what i was going to
1: say dude it's his last home game mm-hmm. he is in a, f- a matter of what maybe two more games or something we have Oh, uh Max two
0: well, yeah, automatically two
1: games. I mean, yeah, he's you know, he is home stretch in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All that does is make teams want him more. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's so ass.
0: aggressive. Yeah, he's great. Um, but really, really, really quickly, please, I want to just tell you, just for the people that like are starting to wake up to Oregon base uh basketball, um, I just wanna say that we still cover it right now. You know, obviously we're about to get a lot more into duck basketball. Once Pac 12 play comes, that's really our time to shine. Sure. Uh, well, for the Ducks. I mean, again, we're homers. But, um, you know, uh, until then, we're a little cool on it. Um, let me tell you, I'm pretty cool on Oregon men's basketball after their Maui Invitational uh, performance. So we watched them go against the Chaminade Silver Swords, whatever they're called. Right. They beat them and they should 73 to 49. The day after that, they lose 50 to 62 to St. Mary's. You know, St. Mary's a solid program typically. Um yeah. always going against uh the Zags, but um yeah, I, I mean, feel
1: like I hear that name pretty often. So Yeah,
0: not a powerhouse and then after that, I mean, we did lose to a team that I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, this is a great team, uh not quite what they used to be last season because they won the goddamn national championship last season, Houston. So we lost to Houston 49 to 78. Wait, yeah.
1: I figured once we lost against St. Mary, we were just out. No. No, it's one of those work. things where
0: they have like, you know, you play a certain amount of games so you're going to play against the losers. Houston already lost one, their, you know, one and so they played against us. Uh, what can I say, man, um we looked like we sucked in that stretch. It was really bad. Will Richardson is is trying to be our leader, you know, trying to be our Peyton Pritchard, but he just wasn't uh, during that they're not three-game stretch, he averaged like 3.3 points per game so that ain't good and not only that but nefali dante our big man who's supposed to be like okay he's back from injury it's gonna be crucial we're still working him in like he's not at 100 but he's able to play uh he wasn't quite as dominant as you'd want all that being said the most recent game they played november 29th against montana uh a football team uh that beat washington So there's that, you know, Uh, but otherwise the basketball team, you know, they were four and two. They weren't great, but we (laughs) beat them at Matt Knight Arena, 87-47. So there is that. That is nice. Meanwhile, the women's basketball team, as we were saying, like they had a lot of injuries, right? Um, and they also played against some really tough teams. They played against uh, their last two games are losses, but it was against number one South Carolina, eighty to sixty three, and then number twenty three South Florida, sixty two to seventy one. So um, at least it was on the road. At least it was against very good teams. Um, and then since then, they've just had time to rest. So hopefully that means, well, I believe like Pow Pow and India Rogers, two players that we desperately need to come back. They aren't returning till like Pac-12 play. And that's, that's like the end of the month, December or end of next month, December 31st. They'll be Still, back then. Uh, yeah, they'll be back then though. So we got okay. some stre- a stretch where they'll like, it looks like four games uh, no, five, six games actually, but a lot of them are at Matt Knight, so that should help. And it's not against number, you know, even top twenty-five competition. Any of these, so we'll see. Um, next game for them is December first against UC Davis. Sh- hopefully, will be a win. Hopefully, uh, we'll see players like Sobley back in action. Players like Tahina Pow Pow, mm-hmm. uh, well, not yet, sorry, but uh, but hopefully Sobley. And more from players that I'm quickly like falling in love with, like Shania Pinto is amazing. uh really fun player to watch. And uh, Filipina Chai is pretty uh huge <laughs> i'll say that she's a huge person and it's very cool uh yeah, yeah. cool so that is basketball that's a basketball beat let's get into the, back, yeah, the, basketball, back beat? In the <laughs> basketball beat well, I, we need to get a little graphic little 90s like rap to it kind of curtis blow style you know ha, ha, yeah ha, ha, ha. a like really that. bad like a uh, clip art basketball mm. bouncing yeah 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 that sounds good. And then it spins on someone's uh, finger and then you zoom in and it becomes the, the world, like the planet. On it. And that then it nice. zooms
1: out to the Milky Way.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, man, my man, I'm just happy we won this Dosh Garn football game really didn't think we were going to for about
1: two and a half minutes at the end because I was like, well, we lost our cool. And
0: for for a second, it was like, oh, my God, can you imagine if the Beavers rallied back? I didn't think that was going to happen, really, because, I mean, it was very clear they didn't they couldn't stop our run. And that's been another consistent thing about this team. It's like if we're going against someone who straight up can't stop what we're dealing uh, in the rush department then we're going to win that game. It may be like surprisingly close or ugly because of some mistakes on a our lot of part. Running. Or because of just some amazing plays from the other side. You know, you got to give right. them credit. But a lot of times, I mean, I, I feel pretty damn confident when we can actually run against them. And Anthony Brown was great against them in, in a lot of aspects. He, he did a yeah, great job. He overthrew
1: a number oh, sure. of them.
0: Sure, but that's Anthony Brown preferable,
1: but it's also preferable to throwing it short. Well, so.
0: I don't know, man. I like uh, like you say, you know, sometimes if you throw it a little short, yes, it is like a, you know, technically a little scarier because it's easier to pick off. It's also at least you're giving your receiver a shot at catching it. That's what they say a lot. And like, especially when you got receivers like we do it, you know, you'd like to I, see that competition.
1: Yeah, I honestly just... Sometimes I just wonder: Is this dude used to receivers who can just run that one percent faster than our
0: dudes? No, at Boston College, no. Like I'm telling you, our our receiving core, you know, it's not like tippy top tier, but it is. There's some very talented players on this. I mean, it's always hard to tell because it's so much pressure on the quarterback. Yeah to just get the ball to them. So you really don't know what they're capable of. Well, I mean, and there's like, you know, when he scrambled and like connected with Williams on that huge touchdown, like that was great. That was rad. That's him, you know, pulling off an accurate throw mm-hmm. and he's, he's he was doing pretty well intermediate. Um I don't know. It just felt really great about the I felt good about this game. Uh shall we invite a regular guest um a on and only the one and only, he's a, hes our film reviewer. Um, he's also the resident film reviewer for Addicted to Quack, a wonderful site overall yes, of SB Nation, all about the Oregon Ducks. There you can check out his really good articles. Uh, Duck Tape, which break down the previous opponent or the previous game that the Oregon Duck football team played, and then it also will preview their upcoming opponent. Uh, in this case, it's Utah again, so a little double dip there. Um, this is of mm, course I love double dib. Once again, dear, dear friend of the podcast, Hithliday. Woo <laughs> woo woo. How's it going, Hithladay? We beat the Beavers, we won the Platy, uh, and it was kind of an ugly game. <laughs> what do you think of it?
2: Uh, I mean, it became an ugly look, with uh, uh three minutes into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. uh it was what 31 to 9 you know yeah like you know 22 point lead yeah uh it's garbage time from then on out you know Utah or excuse me Oregon State has uh no realistic chance of winning the game uh you know on top of that Oregon scores you know one more time that you know at that point Oregon you know Oregon's playing uh a, you know a softer defense they're just trying to you know eat the clock um oregon state you know scores a touchdown gets an onside kick uh scores another touchdown like mm-hmm. right. you know oregon scores at that point uh it's uh, you know and they start fighting each other you know like it's just <laughs> it's a dumb the last 12 minutes of the game are just exceedingly stupid yeah um did and, you ever fear that oregon state might actually win it no
1: okay uh a man of strong faith. I love it. They,
2: they would have had to
0: eventually, especially once we got the lead, they would have had to stop us like once, twice, three times. You know, like, they, right. right. just, exactly. they,
2: they, you know, everything would have to go. They would have had to pull off another onside kick, frankly. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a there's a drive. Uh, the Oregon's third possession uh, that Oregon takes more than seven minutes off the clock. It's the Mm -hmm. reason why when Oregon State gets the ball uh, at the end of the first half, but they only have 30 seconds left and they get to midfield and they decide, well, it's either a 60 yard field goal or throw a Hail Mary. So we'll throw a Hail Mary, you know, like the reason why they had 30 seconds left and not, you know, two minutes when they could run a two minute drill is because, you know, they couldn't stop Oregon. So no, I was never really concerned. I, I wish the game was over faster and that they mm-hmm. weren't like you know out loud so many stuff.
0: times. I was the, I was praying it was gonna end sooner than it did. You know
2: though the weird thing about
1: that uh Hail Mary pass was that the announcers were really questioning it, thinking they should have gone for a field goal. And I'm like is that even possible?
0: They did have they had uh, I mean, they uh, hit to get 16. to overtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: against Colorado, which they mm-hmm. lost in overtime. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lo- it's a low percentage either way. I don't really care. It's sort, right. sort of like that Washington punt, you know, the, the one where the football gods interceded <laughs> and resulted in a safety. It's like mm-hmm. people want to talk about, well, this is a one percent chance versus a 1.25 percent chance let's and it's like dude the amount of energy that football fans spend on splitting hairs between extremely low probability events instead of talking about structural factors which actually determine the outcome of football games is is as it's insane to me and i simply refuse to engage in it like that's the other thing that I hate about podcasters is like, boy, it sure is dumb how much people talk about this thing. And they and then 15 minutes have gone by where they keep talking about it. It's like, no, fuck you. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> I get it. So let's talk about Oregon in the playoff picture. So now I'm joking.
0: G- um, Jesus Christ, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I was like, scream. I thought you just told me
0: that was. The- <laughs> um. No, I was when I was watching this game, I really had the feeling of like. I uh, this could be Anthony Brown's best performance at Oregon. Did huh. you get that? Uh no, I, mean, I mean like maybe take of, away competition. I mean obviously that's
2: in terms question. of completion percentage it was. I mean he he completed 82% of his passes for God's sakes which wow. is great. Um you know the thing that's crazy is that you know I br- it is in terms of um efficiency you know uh, uh in, in the passing game mm-hmm. um right like getting enough on each play getting enough yards given the downing distance to stay ahead of the chains uh it's oregon's best passing performance all year it's their best yards per pass attempt uh number it's their best uh ex- well it's not quite their best explosive play rate but it's up there um uh you know by by any metric it's you know oregon's mm-hmm. best game and yet you know they they hit two you know they hit two long passes both of which he's he's on the hoof. There's mm. three long passes where he just he's standing in the pocket. There's no pressure. I mean he's got no pressure on Oregon all night. Like the zero quarterback pressures. Yeah, you know, they, they couldn't get through at all. Um, there's three throws where there's just you know he has no reason not to drop it in the bucket and he just can't. You know and that's frustrating. And it's you know this this crazy situation where where like it is probably Oregon's best passing performance. It is probably Anthony Brown's best performance as a passer. I guess those things are more or less the same thing. Uh, and yet the single biggest problem that they have in the passing game is Anthony Brown throwing, I think three or four, maybe arguably five, uh, just totally inaccurate balls for no good reason. You know, it's like, we, we can't get off of this you know, this problem. Um, and, and, you know, it's pretty, it's something that we said, God, going back to like the Fresno state or Ohio state games, you know, that like Anthony Brown's inaccuracy is just going to take seven points off the board every single game. Uh, yeah. And you just need to learn to live with it. And and here we are after week 13 and like, boy, it's hard to live with, you know, Oregon should just always have like seven to 10 to 14, you know, more points than they do uh, every single game because you know their quarterback can't hit that stuff, and it's it's crazy because Boston College, where he had worse wide receivers, uh, you know he was hitting those all day long. And it's just like I don't, it, I, I have no explanation for why that oh. should be, but here we are. Yep. Um. Hey, ten and two, baby. That's where we are. yeah not so uh, bad. Yeah.
0: Um. So you know, obviously, uh, Mike losing Micah Pittman that sucks. Losing mm-hmm. Jalen Red that sucks. Um, Chris Hudson, though, looks
2: like... I mean, he looks like he's filling in pretty nicely there. uh, This was his best game, yeah. Um, uh, Not only that, but they basically don't have a slot receiver at this point because they don't have Mike Pittman or Jalen Redd. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, basically, Chris Hudson has bounced, even though he's built a little more like an outside receiver, he's bounced over and has been playing inside receiver. Mm-hmm. And on the outside, they've been playing the true, two true freshmen, Troy Franklin and Dante Thornton. And um, I thought both of them played pretty well. Um, and that
0: all makes sense, right? Like body type wise and what they're Yeah, right. Like yeah. that's,
2: I mean, frankly, you're probably looking at what Oregon's, um, what you know wide receiver well, and of course Devin Williams sorry I, you know obviously yeah you know, him too um but like Devin Williams Troy Franklin Dante Fortin Chris Hudson um you know you're probably looking at Oregon's wide receiver core next year you know it just <laughs> happened it, it happened two games early um but that's you know and then we still haven't seen like Isaiah Brevard you know and there's a bunch of other wide yeah. receivers too we haven't seen yet so it's you know uh you know, just just the timetable on Oregon's wide receiver core has been moved up and, and you know, as it happens, some true freshmen are getting some pretty valuable experience and uh yeah and, and playing pretty well. So, you know, silver lining.
0: Um yeah, I felt really, really, really solid about this offense
2: overall. Um well, there is one interesting <laughs> thing about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I sort of sense the way you're going with this is like, what's to talk about? They just the talk. Yeah. Like uh, it, there well, is actually to one... look at like, oh, no, continue, continue. Yeah. Well, there's one thing to talk about, which is pretty interesting. Um, and that is. uh Oregon State was actually pretty effective at shutting down Oregon's zone running game. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the, you know, uh Troy Dye has that touchdown run for 20 yards at the very beginning of the game. And towards the end of the game or the end of meaningful play, uh mm-hmm. Oregon State's um defensive front starts getting really fatigued and they can't stop it anymore. I put a clip of that in my article where it's like they they have to basically play the same six guys in their defensive front on every snap. And like that's not a good situation to be in if you're going up against a team that re- likes to run the ball. All the time. Um Mm -hmm. and so by the end of the game or by the end of meaningful play, they they were they were no longer as effective against Oregon's zone running as they were, you know, for much of the game. Um and there's a but at the beginning of the game, you know, from and for most of the meaningful part of the game, they were shutting down Oregon's zone running pretty effectively. Um and there's a particular reason why they do it. It's it's difficult to describe without a whiteboard but basically they they guess which way the run is going and they send two different defenders for a zone read one for the quarterback and one for the running back and then it doesn't matter which one you know is carrying the ball because there's two different dudes you know Mm. right and it it's a it's kind of a high risk thing and if they were If Oregon were only a zone running team, a zone read running team, then, uh, then, you know, it might've been a different story, but it turns out that Oregon has a couple other tools in the toolbox. Uh, Mm -hmm. they have some RPO stuff, which was fairly effective against Oregon state, um, because they're committing two people to a run and then they throw the ball, So, you know, they're down a defender, uh, and the other thing was quarterback power. I tried to put a couple of clips in my article about this, where when you use that particular trick, you've now committed yourself to the outside and they get blocked. And all of a sudden the quarterback gets to run for like 10 free yards. Um, and so, you know, there's this real fun disparity where like, you know, Anthony Brown is Oregon's best running back. Well, it's right. not because he's a better running back than Oregon's running backs. It's mm-hmm. because schematically what, you know, Oregon is doing, and in particular what they're doing in response to Oregon State, you know, their gamble, uh, you know, was pretty effective, which – you know, Joe Moorhead's a good offensive coordinator, you know, they're, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's a fairly diverse playbook. And on top of that, Oregon, uh, unlike a lot of teams does not give away what the play is going to be with the formation. Um, You know, they're always an 11 personnel. And so it's very difficult to discern, you know, what the play is going to be mm-hmm. when they're always showing up with the same look. Um, There's a lot. Of, and on top of that, they introduced, you know, this new concept where they were always motioning the back in Um, either. Yeah. Sweep. yeah. They were doing that on a whole ton of plays and that. That, you know, reveals the coverage and it also gets you, you know, the linebackers moving. Um, and uh, uh, it, you know, it disguises a couple of things like one of them, That's uh, Dante amazing. Thornton comes in on a fake sweep and then he stops and blocks on the run that Troy or Travis Dye uh runs for 20 yards on. You know, they're you know, apparently weren't expecting that because they were expecting it to be a strong side run to the tight end side and said it was behind the true freshman wide receiver, right? So, like, <laughs> Joe Morehead's a good offensive coordinator. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, uh like, it, it was a uh, It was a pleasure to watch Oregon's offense. You know, it's a little granular, but like... Yeah, or, you know, Joe Moorhead was kind of pantsing their interim DC um, Mm -hmm. schematically.
0: Well, I got a question for, not physically, no. Um, I got a question for you, though, Hithloday. Are you ready to go potentially on some Akron uh, podcast to talk about Mm -hmm. all the research you've done with Joe Moorhead?
2: Interestingly, some of the research that I did on Joe Moorhead was when in his first stint at Akron. Um, Exactly. In fact, there's a... There's a couple of plays that he ran at Akron that he, as far as I could <laughs> tell, did not revive at Fordham, UConn, Penn State, or Michigan. Or Mississippi State, but did, you know, bring back for Oregon. So I was like, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's the Akron play. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like So like zip
0: pod or Akron cast yeah. or whatever you're called. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, I mean, hit us, uh, hit, hit, hit with a up. He's ready. He's got all this knowledge, deep zip offensive lore. Um. Yeah. So hopefully Moorhead will stick around. I don't know, uh, Aaron. That was just a little coaching goss. Some people uh, apparently, uh, Akron, his old stomping grounds, is really looking, cool. at Morehead, looking at Moorhead. Well, looking at yeah, that's what you want, right? You want your coordinators to be like hot commodities. Uh, well, we got a lot. Yeah. Of honestly,
2: goss. there's a bunch of teams in the Pac-12 where it's like, yeah, our our you know wide receivers coach or you know coordinator has been here for ten years, and it's like he has. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, what do you think that means? Yeah. Oh, it means that he loves our school. So much because yeah. no one could ever not be in love with my alma mater, it's the greatest place in the world. It's like, no, it's because mm-hmm. he's not getting any fucking
0: offers, dude. And it's just like, and he gets so much out of the talents, like, so he never gets like high rated talent there either. Is that mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of coaching, gossip by the way, Aaron. I mean, we don't really have to cover much of it, especially not right now. We're still talking about Oregon State, but uh,
1: what just with like everybody needs a new head coach? And- well,
0: not USC, man. USC got a coach. Oh, that's cool. Breaking news to you, Lincoln Riley, my man, Oklahoma's head coach. Oklahoma, who's who's like ten in in one, no eleven in one. Uh, you know, like usually a playoff contender, definitely uh, running the Big Twelve. Uh, was about to go in the SCC Um, now he just freaking ditched. He's uh over the USC's head coach. Do you have any thoughts on this breaking news to you, Aaron? It's interesting. Because
1: they're poaching all of the players from Texas, and now they're stealing coaches <laughs> from
0: Oklahoma. Well, yeah, well, and and then um, yeah, we got, next like, thing you know, they're going to be getting special teams from Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, why not? Arkansas is a good team, man. Uh, that's that's really all you got to know. Oh no, no, and Kaelin uh, DeBoer, uh, Fresno State's head coach, who hit the day actually has like really yeah. like been like yeah someone should snatch this guy up he'd be a good like level up you know, know. Like, And i said
2: that on this podcast you know weeks and weeks and weeks ago is that i was really afraid that some Pac 12 team would snap him up i actually boom. i actually think long term like like three four years from now it is entirely yeah. possible that we say that washington made the better hire mm. oh oh then link
0: yeah i yeah. mean
2: uh, who knows i mean, oh, think to,
1: to me he's in he's up here in seattle now yeah yes yeah oh cool with your washington huskies
0: um your
1: Washington Oscar
0: yeah so that that's de- definitely some good hires probably good for the Pac-12 overall um that I think it's
2: Riley I think Lincoln Riley to USC is good for Oregon in the sense that it flattens the recruiting landscape it it hmm. it uh, there are a bunch of uh, Los Angeles blue chips who during the Clay Helton era had been defecting from Los Angeles and like a handful of them would go to Cal and a handful of them would sure. go to ASU and a handful of them would go to Washington and a handful would go to utah and so forth and like and it meant that like the pac 12 is full of parody right like any any team that you play has a few blue chips on it and they can threaten you and that probably is over right like all those guys are going to stay home now i don't think it affects oregon i think it affects everybody else and it means that now oregon has to play one really top talent team every year usc Mm. and then a bunch of teams which are not no longer getting that talent. And, you know, in that sense, you know, I kind of like Riley to USC. Um, on the other hand, I, I am not real happy about Deboer to Washington. Like, I think that in, in that recruiting mm. landscape that Washington is not going to be getting a ton of blue chips anymore, but DeBoer has proven that he knows how to win with like high three stars and pack 12 castoffs, which let me tell you a lot of the Fresno state guys are pac 12 castoffs, right? Like Jay yeah. Kaner, Ty Jay Jones, Kaner. uh, yeah. Evan Bennett, you know, there's a bunch of them. Um, uh, I love the idea of, of Washington fans being like, can you imagine
0: having players like Jake Hayner?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Let's get back to Oregon State, though. Um, so, I don't know. We talked quite a bit about the offense. Way to go, Ducks. You know. His, Sewell got uh, hurt. Sewell. Well, Sewell, reportedly, it sounds like, uh, you know, Chris Ball is saying he should be ready to go against Utah, I believe is what he's saying. Uh, who knows that's exactly what i've heard too and,
2: and mikhail Wright as well right yeah, that's the one that's that right. i heard was good to go that would have been yeah and, and, the and other- that
0: could be it looked like sewell was maybe you know may, uh, he wasn't wearing any form of protection on his arm or anything like that he, he was on the sideline for so much i think it's at least possible that he was there because it's just like hey man we're we already got a lead we got utah coming up and we cannot we literally like it is there's no game plan if Sewell's out to that makes like, sense. It is nice to have LeDuc back, uh, but that's yeah. what I
2: was about to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't look that bad either. Um, I mean, I you know, I, I hate sounding like a broken record about it, but like there's a bunch of clips in my article where the failure on the play is or the reason why they give up a, a play to Oregon State is because. You know, our old buddies, Jeffrey Bassa and Nate kalani are not in position, you know, or getting run, run over. And like, I really don't like picking on them. I, it just gives me no pleasure, but like, I have mm. to you know, be honest and report like the, you know, the most common cause of play fit, you know, just like I don't like trash and Anthony Brown, but I have to be honest and say that the single biggest problem, in the passing game is his inaccuracy. Uh, I have to be honest and say the single biggest problem that Oregon had on defense was, you know, the backup ILBs not being in position. So like, you know, getting an act or not so much, not being in position. I-, I should stop saying that because they're, they're mostly doing a pretty good job of getting themselves in position. It's just, they're either not fast enough in the case of Nate, Hey, Uh, or they're not, you know, big enough in the case of, Jeff Bosa, who's, you know, converted safety. So, you know, getting LeDuc, who's actually supposed to be a linebacker in their mm-hmm. playing linebacker uh, and doing stuff like shutting down crossing routes the way that linebackers are supposed to do uh, and, and like, you know, frictioning down offensive linemen the way that big linemen are supposed to be able uh, to do is just like, yeah, right. That that's what, you know, <laughs> that's what <laughs> you're supposed to you know yeah. have, you know, back there. That's what Oregon has not had for the entire season. And why, you know, Mario Cristobal should win Pac-12 coach of the year is the that like mm. if anybody really understood the the injury situation that Oregon was going through and the like the you know, crazy magic trick that's had to be pulled off to make this look like a competent team. Um, yeah. You know, like they'd never stop giving him awards. Um, the funny thing
0: of- is so many people write it off by being like, well, I mean, it's easier when your backup is still a, a four star or something like that.
2: It's like, yeah, but who recruited the fucking backup? The yeah, coach? Right. Like- <laughs> and, and yeah, a four star, a four star true freshman converted from another position, you know, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um uh yeah all i got to say is uh way to go team i don't know this is this is a tough one to, for me to talk about really because it, it did feel like a buck kicking and then the garbage time was truly garbage because you did have things like uh like the onside kick which it's like you know i'm not going to like freak out about this team that they weren't quite ready for that onside kick Well,
2: so it's a walk-on player who gave up yeah. the onside you know it's just like that's right you, you know how much you want to trash him you know like <laughs> I know uh, we can but yeah <laughs> no
0: we don't have to uh, I don't know um, my man Cameron Lewis still still kicking the shit out of things still doing great did yeah, he shave his head I don't know I guess he did have longer hair back in the day maybe huh we gotta look into that yeah I'm gonna do some investigatory research on that good that's why you're hair here right, man yeah Hairgate. uh I don't know y'all any any thoughts on this on this damn game on, on the platypus on winning the platy on the platypus cup on the platypus bowl on the Oregon, Oregon State
2: was really they're I felt like I wrote one of the best preview articles that I've written to date. Like I nailed everything about that <clears> team <throat> and like, it actually sort of gives me pause um, because like it's a very predictable team. And I'm like, how did this team win this many games? <laughs> um, you know, and I Be- really, Utah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I really kind of think that pac 12, you know, like this was a, a down season for the pack 12. I don't think that's any real secret, but it's like, I should not be smarter than these people. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, me spending three hours a week doing this, you know, with no training or education, like I should not be picking up this shit and, and, you know, programming out, like, you know, how this is going to go better. You know, how did Oregon State beat people? They're not a super talented team. They're very predictable. They have (laughs) extreme, like, you can tell exactly what the play is going to be. Like, how did they win games? How did Washington win any games with John Donovan? Like, how did, I? you know, it's like, I it really gives me you know like Oregon is 10 and 2 with the exception of uh, of Ohio State I don't think they played a good team like the entire year I don't think they played a you know a good good team I'm not trying to like mm. you know talk too much trash but like You know, if you went to each individual
0: fan base of a team we played, I'm not sure who would like be crowing that like like UCLA fans aren't being like, no, this seems better than their record. Like, (laughs) like they're eight and four, I believe. But yeah, yeah, but or yeah, I don't know. Maybe Arizona, they are better than their record. I would definitely say that, but they're not a good team.
2: Yeah, sure, but I mean, (laughs) like, I don't think Oregon has. You know, Fresno State is probably you know the second best win that oregon has like uh Uh, like i I don't uh, think oregon has beaten other than ohio state and probably fresno state has beaten a top 20 team um
0: yeah no um yeah pact Wolf sucks what can i say maybe maybe lincoln riley and Kaelin DeBoer will will help change that mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know uh aaron i know you had a real tough time with the ending of this with the with the bitter fight i'm glad that oregon state did come out looking a little worse i mean and i can't understand that people were very upset about that targeting no call oregon state fans were anyways uh and when i, I was about watching that it, that's right when i was watching it, i was definitely like like i was sweating it because i did not want to be i believe it was ron mckinley right and like yes. i did not want him missing the first half of it you was know, what, what will define this kind of the season. I would say like you win that going to a Rose Bowl would feel like that they really met expectations and maybe even like and obviously went even higher because you beat Ohio State and you make it to a Rose Bowl. It's an excellent season losing to uh, Utah right now. It would still be a great season, but like just no, we know. can't we have to beat them when like the storyline. Wouldn't it be so beautiful to beat them this go around especially well, i think we're such going to, it was just something weird
1: was going on and i well, think it had a lot to do with just locker room shit that we are not privy <laughs> to right so uh.
2: I, I don't know I, I just i mean i just did film study on the utah colorado game and i mean there's really only one takeaway from it which is they went back to being regular utah again what? like <laughs> like it, I mean, it's like they it's like they're Bruce Banner. You know, Bruce Banner is a cool guy, right? Like he's a scientist and he's real smart mm. and like he's not out of shape. Uh, but he's kind of boring, it, mm-hmm. Mark it, Ruffalo, it, yeah. But then you know, every once in a while, he turns into the Hulk and he's invincible. Uh, and it was like, you know, that's. It, if you look at Utah's numbers in each in, in in 11 out of the 12 games that they played, it's, I don't want to say they're a bad team. They're not. They're an above average team, you know, sort mm. of across the board, but they have some things that they're stronger at. There are some things that they're weaker at. They have, you know, special teams, for example. Special teams have been atrocious for Utah all year long. And sure enough, against Colorado, they have a <sighs> blocked uh, uh, field goal and they have a, a kick uh, off return uh, to begin the second half from Colorado. They return 100 yards for a touchdown and make the game closer mm. than it should have been. Like Utah special teams are terrible for the entire year until they play Oregon, in which case <laughs> they, you know, they, they block to two field goals it, yeah. and return a, a punt themselves. You know, it's like, there's so many different things in Utah, in the Oregon versus Utah game in week 12, in which Utah is just playing the opposite of the way that they played in the other 11 games. And like watching against Colorado, you know, when, when, when. They shrink back down to Bruce Banner. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, man. Now, you know, it's an open question whether or not, um, okay, do they always hulk out when they play Oregon or. Right.
1: That's what my question was going to be.
2: Are they you know, was this just a one-time thing and they won't be able to do it the second time? I have no way of knowing the answer to that question. Like I, I have no way of knowing why they hulked out in the first place. And so therefore I have no ability to predict, you know, if they can hulk out again, you know, and we're just not going to know until the clock reads triple zero, um, on Friday. But, you know, what I can very confidently report is Mm -hmm. Utah in 11 out of the 12 games that they played was, you know, a team that if Oregon played that version of them, regular, you know, Bruce Banner version of Utah, I'm not guaranteeing win or anything, but like, I like Oregon's chances against them. Um, Can I, can I ask you a a different question that you probably don't, I mean, it's probably impossible to have the answer to. I will tell you if I can't answer it.
0: Okay. Um, Well, uh, I guess from your perspective, even like facing off against Utah again, you're not in Salt Lake City this time. That's wonderful. But um, do you think you really, Obvi- you're always making adjustments adjustments where do you think morehead what do you think he would be adjusting or do you think it'd be like no we just gotta g- have a go at it again just get it right this time well i, I like, think we talked I mean?
2: about you know the, uh, the last time that uh that Utah had changed up their linebacker strategy, that mm-hmm. they were super, a super aggressive linebacker, you know, use against the the, the run. And that I suspect Moorhead had a bunch of plays ready to go that were, you know. Uh, th- that were to use that against them. Cause he's, he's like a judo master kind of, kind of dude. He like, he, he gets figures out your tendencies and then uses them against you. Um, and then when they, you know, were doing something completely different that probably, you know, meant that much of what he was trying to do was not useful. Um, I, if I were Joe Moorhead, you know, I would basically plan for, you know, I would keep that playbook handy in case Utah decided to revert, you know, to the aggressive linebacker style. Uh, But I would probably have spent the last two weeks writing a playbook for, you know, what to do when they use the other, you know, linebacker style. Now, what exactly that playbook would be, I can't tell you because I'm not Joe Moorhead. I'm not smart enough to, you know, know what those plays are. Uh, If I were, I I wouldn't be talking to you jabronis, I'd be (laughs) getting paid to be be a, you know offensive coordinator but you know i if you know it does seem like that's a trick that you can only pull once you know changing mm-hmm. up with your your uh, the aggression level of your linebackers you know that's it's kind of a one-time thing right i get you we'll see what and,
1: i don't know it also seems like just our guys are going to be amped up extra because of the last game Could i be. mean yeah, and you well, can say Utah's guys that, are going to be
0: shit, amped you know. up because of the last Pac-12 championship yeah. game. It's, yeah, yeah I don't
2: know. it's it's psychological stuff. I, You know, there's just no you way You can't get it. into it too much. It, it's also very just so, you know, like whatever happens, you can say, oh, well, that's because of their emotional involvement, right? Like if they play really badly, you can be like, well, they were just so emotionally involved in this game. And if they played really well, you can be like, well, it's because they were just so emotionally involved in this game. And you're just like, all right, if it's non-falsifiable, I'm not going to spend any time on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I get you. All right y'all. Uh let's get into a, a very popular segment. Well, unless
2: unless anyone has a conspiracy to
0: add to the conspiracy corner, either if you guys see anything or anything that no. I
1: might have one but I don't know that I should bring it up.
0: <laughs> Aaron. Aaron is Aaron brought up one that is really pretty pretty bastardly, I would say. It's a
1: darkest timeline conspiracy theory. It's the
0: darkest timeline. We're going to say it really quickly. First of all, we're going to say Mario Cristobal, we love you. Uh, we yes. want you to always be we completely support you as the leader of this program we do however go into the deepest darkest corners of conspiracy theory so I will say that Aaron did text me when he uh, this is <laughs> really this is really fragile territory but like first of Very all fr- I really don't know if we should go into it uh, Maybe let's we just
1: say maybe Mario Cristobal is using some time while he's in Florida to take some calls.
0: Miami visit. So if he takes the Miami job, I'll just say that Aaron did. Are you suggesting uh, that
2: he's a cocaine trafficker?
0: No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no.
2: It was a very dark, sinister joke. I basically
0: said his visit to his mom is a cover story. To, to take the Miami job is what Aaron right. said. I, we I don't have think that's a conspiracy
2: theory. I think that's, you know, every duck message board has been saying that. Like, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, even, like, don't, I mean, we're a little fragile. His mom is sick,
1: and we're like, oh, that's bullshit. I was,
2: you kept saying, like, oh, this super dark stuff, and I was just like, Are, uh, man, this I've, is going to get racist? You're going to talk about, like, Cuban mafia stuff? Oh, like, no, like, no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. We're not there like, yet.
2: Calling! I forgot the internet. Can't go to work for the next three days because your
1: grandma died. I guess, but she's like alive and well, living in Las
0: Vegas. Or like she could be. She's sick, but he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go visit her. But also, I'm gonna go talk to the hurricanes really quick. People want an answer. Hey, maybe I've yeah. How did the bottom eleven do? Hey, there you go. That's a great (laughs) idea.
2: (laughs) Bottom (laughs) eleven.
0: That's right, everyone. The bottom 11. What can you say? I'm going to go ahead and say the that? bottomest of 11 is Oregon State for some... For their cheap
1: tricks. attitudes.
0: Okay. we'll we'll throw them right down there right below Arizona I guess well we used to say Washington was always down there right at the very bottom so Oregon State Washington I feel
2: like Washington is definitely on the very bottom they lost the Apple Cup for the first time in like 10 years yeah oh no they did they did Aaron and got got beat I think by the worst margin in Apple Cup history too
0: wow it seems like maybe I had a bad picks week I guess we'll find Uh, out we'll get into that we'll get into that Aaron Um, that was I mean that was the game i was really super stoked for before uh i mean i was very happy that it was on friday you know so i could actually watch this sucker and uh it lived up i mean Hithleday and I just kept being let's just skip straight to the apple cup Hithleday and I were very excited being like what if can you imagine how great this would be if it was a blowout like just how bad Husky fans would feel and we got everything we could possibly want in this it was 40 to 13 not only that but Sam Heward played some serious time I believe this is fourth game of the season right so it wasn't a redshirt thing or 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 what he he didn't have to burn his red shirt, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I forget it. But um he was so he looked terrible, man. He was throwing picks left and right. Oof. Washington State just looked dominant in every phase of the game, honestly. They were uh Max Borgie was doing great. Um Jaden Delora was tearing him up. Uh at the end, Washington State fans <laughs> stormed the field. And uh, we kind of, like, half acidly attempted to, uh, like, you know, plant the flag in the middle of the W. Oh, that's uh, funny. You could hear, like, go kooks very clearly throughout the stadium. It was just an absolute beatdown after have having we, not beaten them in forever. Have we checked in on Gaby to make sure she's doing okay? It's been a little while. We we will get her on the podcast. We may need to just talk about something not about football to to get yeah. her back on, to ease her back onto the Quack 12 uh, I mean, you could still find her stuff over at uh, a dog pound um it's great stuff uh i bet it's dark writing over there you know, it's darker than your conspiracy theory that yeah uh, cristobal would lie about his mom um but yeah uh did it live up to you that this apple cup beatdown uh live up to the what you were
2: hoping it would be Hitler day well i thought washington would win because you know i, I thought that washington's past defense would shut down mm-hmm. uh wazoo and that did not happen which was a big shock you know frankly um you know, Maybe a little bit of like it's the final game of the season,
0: we don't have a head coach anymore. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's difficult to you know, I it, during the off season I go back and chart all the the Pac 12 games that I didn't get to during the year because they weren't, you know, relevant to Oregon at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh and I often find that games in this situation, like the last week, nobody has really anything to play for, turn out not to give you very good data um because of stuff like that um like you can see it on the field I, I can't really pick that stuff up when i'm watching it live um but uh you know the it, it's a conundrum because w- washington's past defense is literally the number one past defense in the country and yet wazoo was doing anything they wanted through the air does that mean that washington's past defense was a fraud you know all year long and nobody was really you know trying hard enough uh or does it mean that they were they had packed it in, and they didn't like give a shit uh, in this game. Like I don't know, I don't know the answer to that question. Or, um, or did Delora's Wazoo figure out? A tr- yeah, right. Or did Wazoo figure something out? Like I, I don't know. I, there's, there's a couple different explanations, um, and you're probably not going to get good enough data, you know, about it. Um, you know, to it, 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 it's hard to say, uh, but it's definitely not how I thought this game would would proceed. Um, mm. uh, you know bonkers it it was just sort of bonkers the rest of it you know went down pretty much as i expected uh you know washington's anemic offense wazoo doesn't have much of a defense uh turnovers you know hewards Mm -hmm. does not look like the answer i mean that's sort of the other thing i guess that's a surprise but not really a surprise is that oh my god washington fans just had all this you know hope put on on sam heward and like he just, you know he's a true freshman he probably shouldn't like you know uh, uh start you know setting you know setting him adrift too quickly but like boy Uh, there's probably a reason why Dylan Morris was playing most of the season, um, even though they had a lot of problems with Dylan Morris.
0: Yeah, uh, miracles happen. That's all I got to say. It was beautiful. Um, On that same day, on Friday, the miracles did not happen for the Colorado Buffs, even though it it was close. I mean, uh, you know, Utah looked as As um, Hith was saying, Utah looked sloppy, kind of returned back to form, um, but still looked better than the Buffs uh, because they win this one 28-13, which is not as bad as, uh, I I don't know, like betting line was a lot higher on the Utes. Interesting. Um, They took care of them, though, I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I'll write an article about it. You know, they were better than Colorado. That much was pretty clear, but like, you know, Utah didn't, I mean... Yeah, they look like Bruce Boehner again.
0: Yeah, Uh, article-wise, how much are you taking like because you already did your preview and then they you know played against Oregon in one of like like literally uh, Avery of um, No Truck Stops podcast was saying like yeah that's probably like the number one uh, Utah win of all time <laughs> like you know like right up there with Bama at least is what she was saying and um, that's so- sort
2: of a question about why Kyle Whittingham doesn't have any better wins at this point like <laughs> well- it's been 13 years since that Sugar Bowl <laughs> season and he hasn't won a game like I mean he hasn't won any any gains of significance like i mean no if if that win is number one the number two is probably that 2015 win where everything went wrong for oregon it's
0: just like yeah you
2: know well
0: and, and so what i'm saying is like uh in, in your next article with utah how much um because you got colorado you know this game against a bad colorado team which they won and then that kind of like a uh, so game against Oregon, how much more information have you added into, it? or
2: are you kind of like, eh, none. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like I, same, right? like yeah. I said, it, it gave me one, you know, data point, which is that they yeah. went back to being Bruce Banner. Um, yeah. I, I do, you know, it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, who know whether they Hulk out or not is unknown. You know, we'll, we'll know on Friday. We'll find out.
0: Hopefully it's more like the, um, uh, nope. I lost it. I was trying to say the Marvel movie where the Hulk isn't able to Hulk out. He kind of gets uh stage fright, you know? Mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Yeah, sure. I can't remember. Um, I think it's when he's trapped as the Hulk. I don't know. We don't need to be talking about freaking Marvel on this podcast. The Ducks beat the Beavers 38 to 29 in the Platypus Bowl. I think that's what we've landed on. Platypus Bowl for football and Platypus like... cup. I- the I like
2: calling it the platy. Uh, the
0: platy, yeah. Winning the platy. That is as very opposed cool. to the
2: natty, right? I I mm-hmm. do. Yeah, Very cool. Um, the
0: classy, the classy platy. Cla- mm, I just not roll off the tongue. Uh The territorial cup is a game. I watched zero minutes of and literally forgot it had happened. And I was like, Oh, I better look at this score 38 to 15. The sun devils win. Uh We know Aaron isn't going to get a point off this one because he forfeited the point. So that's all right. That's right. Uh, I'm sure you wanted a zero, zero tie to replace the toilet bowl, but um, I was just hoping it would get canceled. <laughs> Yeah, not, nothing to say about this one, I would imagine.
2: Uh, Hithley, did you, wa- you watch this one? I watched a bit of it, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you want to know an interesting stat? You, you know which uh player in a Pac-12 game threw the most yards uh, this weekend? It wasn't Will Plummer, was Will it? Will Plummer, 346 <laughs> yeah. yards. One yard more de- than Jack Cohn, the Notre Dame quarterback. Well wow. oh, yeah,
0: that's right. Speaking of Notre Dame and Jack Cohn, a quarterback which we, I was about to say soundly beat, but which we We beat in the Rose Bowl. It took a Uh, kneel on the goal line. Yeah, yeah uh 45 to 14 Notre Dame wins this one. This was I was doing uh some little parlays and this was one that I was like every parlay is going to have this game in there because I am 1 million percent confident that Notre Dame is going to stomp on Stanford, especially cuz Notre Dame was looking for the style points too and they didn't have to, you know, go crazy to get the style points. And apparently Brian Kelly just wanted one last you know, signature win for his program before he went to LSU. So there you go. Hmm. It was nuts. Uh, the, even the commentators were saying like, like kind of like, why are you watching this game? There's other hmm. games you could be watching. <laughs> <laughs> so it, was honest. it was just no good. Uh, we're only here because they paid us. Yeah. So fighting Irish, the fighting Irish, they win. Uh, BYU versus USC. USC uh, officially had to release a statement saying that they apologize for the fuck the Mormons chant that was going on in this game. Jake Whoa. That. That's right. Uh, what? Why were they doing it? They did it because they lost 35 to 31. I think that's why they're doing it. I don't know. Uh, I did watch this game. It was very it was actually
2: a good one like you yeah, actually thought it was a pretty good game. I Yeah, I thought this was the most like competitive interesting game of the weekend.
0: Yeah, USC showed some life and that was nice, especially no Knowing that, like, Lincoln Riley's gonna go in there. Uh, you know, again, we don't have to talk about Lincoln Riley all that much, that's not really what the show's about. But yeah, you do think, like, well, considering this season they quit so early, basically, and the kind of previous seasons, USC hasn't done all that much. I wonder if they can keep. A lot of their talent there for this season, and I'm sure a lot's about to flock there. Some new talent, maybe some grad transfers. I wonder. It doesn't seem that crazy to think that Lincoln Riley can immediately have a decent amount of success at USC, like kind of year one. Like I I don't know. I'm I'm
2: interested in what he's doing there. They they should have. We'll have to see what the talent situation works out. You know, it's it's possible that this winds up collapsing. Um, You know, that they get a bunch of dudes leaving, and then it turns out that. a bunch of the dudes they were counting on to come don't um or aren't you know quite ready to play um
0: it's funny too because you would think like with Graham Harrell there like you would think it'd be like oh this could be a really smooth transition but it just feels like there's a lot of well they're of, they're pretty parts. different offensive
2: systems frankly yeah, Um that makes sense like uh actually you know good good friend of mine who runs the coordinator project YouTube channel was, he recently did a pretty good uh Oklahoma video and we got to talking mm. uh on Twitter it was just like this is so you know crazy different from USC it's, it's it's bizarre that we wound up talking about, you know, that because they're both sort of big 12 legacies, um, yeah. but they're like, they diverged, you know, so much Um interesting. Uh and, and you know, yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty different scheme. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it'll depend on how the talent situation goes out, but if they if they have you know the good floor of talent that they ought to have, there's no reason why they can't just right away win nine games like yeah, something I mean, like that, that's I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah maybe like, win the
0: South, you know, like yeah, Paris, right. Yeah. Uh and I gotta say, um I was really rooting for, you know, I rarely, rarely will root for USC. But I was just getting pretty sick and tired of like I do not want to hear BYU be all five Pac-12 teams this season. Like I did not <laughs> want to hear that. I wanted to see like it was nice to see Malapai. Like I was just like like for him. Like he's been there forever. Like I would like to see him just go off and have a win in a pointless season. They that final drive they were really giving it to him and then it, it kind of stalled out. And I, I don't know. It was unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I they, wanted US- they
2: had the lead towards the end of the game. Like, yeah. They, they pulled ahead by three points, but then they, you know, they couldn't stop USC. They, uh, you know, they, they got a touchdown. Then they picked, uh, uh BYU off you know and they were in a position to sort of like you know shut the game down with you know was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter but they just mm. like they they couldn't they they went three and out and then they gave up a you know a long touchdown drive uh for BYU and you know and then they just couldn't you know answer but you know that yeah the last you know the last uh, uh quarter of that game was like pretty competitive like pretty yeah. interesting
0: it was a fun watch and actually it was Um, you, you got it. You got your uh, wires crossed here if day because last week you were saying like, yeah, right. no, actually I think that Cal UCLA game. I think that's the game. Oh really man, you know the
2: first half of that game. It was yeah, you know, sure. actually a pretty competitive interesting game and then Cal just uh, like it was so stupid like they they yeah. they completely abandoned the run which is the the thing that was really working for him and uh, and their defense just like you know, I uh, it was astonishing like the, what poor decisions like the one of the things that i very quickly identified with ucla are the plays that are designed exclusively to to spring their tight end greg dulcich in which i f- firmly believe that they have about six plays in their playbook in which every wide receiver in the pattern is a decoy <laughs> that that they are they are only exist in order to pull you away from dulcich Man, um sounds fun and, offense to play in let me tell you hey <laughs> you know, if the defense is too stupid to figure it out, it's a brilliant offensive plan. If the defense weren't <laughs> enough to figure it out, it's a terrible offensive plan. And, uh, well, I guess I know what to think about Peter Sherman now, Cal's defensive <laughs> coordinator. Um,
0: well, and, um, Yeah, it it was uh, a classic, uh, well, not classic. I don't know. It was a beatdown. It was fun to watch uh, just because there was so much scoring, one-sided and all. And it it set up something really stupid because at first it was like, hey, if USC wins and then if Cal wins, that could be like, uh, well, I guess it didn't matter if USC won. I don't think. No, no, no. It could have been because like Cal could have gotten a bowl game, right? If they would have. I believe so. You yeah. could have set up two five seven, yeah, right? Or they would have whatever.
2: No, they were four and six going into this game. Yeah, five, so like they could have needed set to beat UCLA five, and
0: USC. That's right. That would have been great. But no, now it's setting up like the most pointless game. Oh, yeah. Like, like we're going to have a bunch of championships
2: and then USE versus Cal. Yeah. Like, the, the California Cup's not even at stake. UCLA won all three games. They oh, that's outright. great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing. It's the stupidest game. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're going to play it anyway for shits and giggles yeah you know, uh, an interim coach versus you know i don't know justin wilcox man like dude that dude might be a dead man walking like i you know it's been five years and they can't get they are not going to bowl games like yeah what are you paying them for it's it's yeah especially because it was like it was
0: amazing the thing that like got him some buzz there it's like holy shit he turned this like all offense team into an all defense team and then like the defense just got less Good, and, <laughs> and that's that's it. And it's like, all right. I was really hoping, especially when I was watching Cal uh play this last Saturday. I was all like Justin Wilcox to Washington. That sounds like a good move. Apparently not, though. Um, all right, we got our final segment here. It's gonna be especially short this week. The pig. The pig. The pig. The pig. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. I gotta change this. That is right, the great pick'em challenge, everyone. Um, Aaron and I have very few picks to make this week, because as you all saw, well, here's how we all went. Um, I actually did super well. You did by going the opposite of Aaron, except for a few times where I knew I would be fucked if I did. I chose Notre Dame. Because Stanford wasn't winning that thing. Um, and then I also chose Oregon. We both chose Oregon. And as listeners know, Aaron forfeited the points. So that leaves me. I got all but one wrong. I chose USC over BYU. Bravo. Aaron got three of them wrong. Still, Ooh. though, Aaron's got a healthy six point lead. That is tough. Um, now, I will say bowl games count as two.
1: That's right. You only, yeah, there's a great chance you
0: could really come back just win it all um that is a rule that i made up last season late in the season when i realized that i was too far behind to win until i added that and i'm glad it's still in there because i'm still losing um only two games only two games to pick from aaron Number 10 Oregon versus number 14 Utah. This is college football playoffs. So we're back in number 10. That's pretty damn cool, honestly. And this game is on ABC. It's, yeah, Aaron, we know your thoughts on ABC. When the Ducks, well, play it really there,
1: changes the dynamic, right? Because I believe
0: whenever we play on ABC, we lose. We haven't been doing well. It's not honestly. true. <laughs> not Oregon true. Is
2: undefeated on ABC this year. Is that true? Yeah, I,
0: I haven't really been paying attention. I know Ohio State that was ABC, right? Or was no, it wait. it was Fox. It was Fox, yeah. Did you just say we're undefeated on ABC this year? Yes. I oh. feel like I don't know. I can't remember. I'm going to go with Hithleday though. So maybe we're undefeated. <laughs> well, ABC's scared. Their
2: their two losses were on ESPN proper.
0: Mm, that's right. Which is which? They're I don't know same parent company or something, but that doesn't count. Aaron, you're going Oregon, with Oregon. all the way, baby. I'm also going with Oregon. It's a total homer pick. I mean, my mind is like in a straight pick 'em situation, you should probably go with the team that just, you know, obliterated the other one even if it was a little bit of an anomaly and it was at your home stadium. Uh, and it was I mean, that's Ve- wild. Vegas
2: yeah. thinks it. Vegas thinks it was. They set the exact same line as they did last time, which is Utah by three.
0: Really, Utah? Yeah, that's wow. That really is saying something. Actually, I should uh, take that. But um, I I don't know. I'm still feeling good about the Ducks. Um, winning this I, again. My homerism is is definitely pushing me a little further. And actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe I need to shut off my heart and really think here. I need to actually get points. To catch up to you, I am still behind six points. Right. So screw this. I'm going with the team. That just kicked the crap out of the other team. I'm going to go with Utah. Utah's going to just win. lost a point, my friend. I mean, I why am I talking myself out of a parent? You know, but I, it's not a sure thing, but we saw what Utah did to Ducks. I, I'm scared. I'm going with the Utes. Number 14, Utah, going to their whatever, I don't know, first Rose Bowl under Whittingham. I'm guessing not their first. Oh, probably the first Rose Bowl ever, actually, maybe, because they wouldn't have been affiliated with it. I don't know. Utah, hit me up. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Utah. Cool. Hith, uh, you know, you're not usually, you usually don't go uh, too emotional in these kind of picks. What are you thinking if you had to pick one? Just
2: straight up, who wins this game? Who oh, all right. yeah, this is sort of a coin flip for me. You know, okay. I I think that if regular Utah shows up, I you know, I probably give the edge to Oregon just because it's hard to win beat the same team twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Utah probably, you know, it's like the ball's back in in Oregon. You know, it's ball's back in Oregon's court, right? Like Utah changed some things about the way they played, you know, and now it's Oregon's, you know, turn to change some things about how they played, you know, so, you know, give, give a little bit of edge to the ducks. I think if you know, regular Utah shows up, you know, Oregon wins. I think if super Utah shows up, then, you know, forget it, man. But like, I just have no way of knowing whether or not super Utah is going to show up or not. So, you know, coin flip for me. Uh, So, you know, I guess give me the ducks, you know, like I'll hope that Oregon wins and, you know in a coin flip why not now
1: I here's the classic okay. fool me once fool me twice scenario where <laughs> we got fooled
0: once not going to get fooled twice okay well well you just don't fool me twice um aaron my friend then we got a game that no one should put money on. No one knows which way. Yeah, how does this one even this work? This game is going. I know which way I'm leaning. I don't want to tell you. Uh USC at California. I will say USC is definitely coming off a better showing than the Golden Bears did. Yeah, but I think you're leaning towards Cal, so I'm picking Cal. You fool! I'm leaning towards USC, the team with way more talent that just fought towards a, you know, uh, against a, uh, a highly rated team, and um, now actually has a little pep in their step because Lincoln Riley's going in there. And now, oh, right? Maybe, okay, I pick USC. Players, I, my Texas Trojans. You're going with Texas Trojans now? No, I'm picking Cal. <laughs> this is it. No flipsies backsies anymore. This is it. Cal. On, Cal. Okay. USC, easy money. I think USC will definitely win. Uh, I don't see why not. You. you know, Ooh. maybe we have players that are a little more va- motivated now because they're thinking like, oh, like I got to impress Riley. You know, he's coming. This is a maybe the, I don't know. Probably not. But um, that's a
1: fair point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. USC right here. USC. got This one. Yes, just because both teams are like you shouldn't bet on either team winning you, know, yeah, you should definitely game, like why should...
2: why would either of these teams you know play football at all? like this is <laughs> the dumbest game, but like I don't know, yeah, like you said, you know, USC looked not incompetent last week and Cal looked very incompetent last week. so
0: let me ask you, you this way they are both so wrong. let's say let's say you are straight up in charge of like USC, okay? You're, okay. You 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 make the decisions. Would you kind of? Would you go through the efforts to try to not play this game? <laughs> like maybe it kind of behooves you not to play one. I don't know. Uh, I guess.
2: generally the, the practice is more valuable than the injury risk, um, for the, yeah. if, if you're looking at it from a team perspective, that's what the, the analytics say that you should play football games and not, not play football games. That's a good point. Um, especially but after at the very end of a season. Yes. Even at the very end of a season. Huh. In fact, it's probably the biggest, the number one reason to go to a bowl game is you get 15 extra practices. That's um, true. uh, yes, you, you know, yes, I would play the football game.
0: There you go. This is going to, I don't know. Maybe it'll be goofy somehow. Maybe some shit will go down. I don't know. it It's probably not going to be good. I may not even watch it, to tell you the truth. But uh, there you go. I picked USC. And um, other than that, my man, that's the Great Pick'em Challenge. Dang. What is there to say? Uh, y'all, we have a huge, huge game ahead of us. The Pac-12 championship game. We're back at it. Um, uh, this so is gonna get scared. I know. I am truly, truly very afraid. Uh, I believe. So let's see. Rose Bowl, that's always tied to the Big Ten. Uh, that's if we win. If we lose, Alamo Bowl, that's always tied to the uh, uh, Big 12, right? Yes. And is that is that just like the highest Big 12 person that's not in the
2: playoff or something like that? Uh, I know I think or is it it's the number six? Three. I, mm, three. Well, because they have a Sugar Bowl tie-in. I, I can't remember whether or not the sugar rolls a playoff from this year let's all say
0: goodbye here uh listeners we love you follow us on twitter at quack 12 podcast follow our guest at day number one h-y-t-h-l-o-d-a-y the number one aaron do you have any uh words of wisdom to send off our, our guests with don't fight it's fucking stupid